it's like an awakening of people's call it their um their their you know lifelong not just this life but other lives that they've lived like a like a kickstart of that dna memory and if they are not aware and understanding what's going on with them um there's a good chance they may feel like they're losing it now for those of us that are you know in spiritual communities or in consciousness awakening or even paranormal we we have a bit of a place for this to say yeah okay past life information um or past life lived or um extraterrestrial interdimensional you know we have a bit of a place to put this but if people don't have even a small space in place to put this they literally may feel like they're losing it Absolutely. right because you're going to you're going to get a high charge of energy you're going to have thoughts come into your head that you may say these are not my thoughts um and you know that becomes hard to uh, delineate because mm -hmm. you've got you know sometimes scalar technology interference right so not having a place to put this can make people feel like they're losing it right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Higher Journeys. I am your host, Alexis Brooks, and I am super duper duper delighted today because I get to have on a friend. Now, I, y'all know I got a lot of friends in the conscious community, but I consider the, this beautiful young lady before you today, Susan Manowich, a very, very special friend, a kindred spirit, I, I could, I'm tempted to go into the details of how we got to know each other and through other people and then finally came together in person. And, but I'll say that for later. Maybe that can be a little conscious commentary, but nonetheless, Susan Manowich has a lot to share y'all with you guys. If you joined us last week and you saw my incredible interview, uh, I will, I'll say conversation with uh, Caroline Corey, where we spent the majority of the time talking about the very, very, uh, let's call it. I'm calling it a su sustained tsunami of energies. That's that's kind of what kind of came to me, Susan, today, cool. uh, of how we might describe all that's going on, all that we're navigating, both organic and synthetic. Uh, you're definitely going to want to tune into this show because it's, in a, in a sense, a continuation of that conversation. But Susan's got some very, very fascinating perspectives and dimensions to bring to this conversation. So without further ado, let me formally welcome you to the for the first time to Higher Journey, Susan Manowich. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Alexis. It's so good to be with you this way. Yes. And yeah. I know that, listen, guys, Susan has been, she's been around for quite some time, but I, I believe this is one of the first interviews you've done in quite some time. Is that true? And, and yeah, perhaps yeah, for good has. reason, all that's going on? Yeah, I would say it's been a, a, a period of about two years of quiet and, um, you know, recalibration, focus on health and integrating a lot of these energies, to be mm -hmm. honest. With you. A lot of these energies. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to go through, guys. You know, I'm going to call this, I'm borrowing a phrase that you used in your latest Substack article. Guys, you've got a fantastic Substack that's growing constantly, so we'll have a link. But from your latest article, A Lifelong Contactee's Perspective on Current Affairs. I'm going to call this talk The Great Juxtaposition Reset or Awakening. Reset or Awakening, A Contactee's Perspective. Now, Susan, you've got lots of, your skill set is, is 
quite full, I would say. You have a diverse background with excellent work that you've done in leadership consulting, working with new energy technologies, emotional intelligence, and you're an active member, I just found out, of Evolutionary Leaders, I believe, founded by Barbara, the late Barbara Marks Hubbard. Uh, you're sitting alongside a veritable who's who of conscious thought leaders like Ken Wilber and Greg Braden and Jack Canfield and Deepak Chopra and Michael uh, Bernard Beckwith, and it goes on. So she's in great company and for good reason. You got a lot to share. But along with all of that, you are a lifelong experiencer. And so the article that you recently just published on Substack has to do with looking at what is happening, I say, both on the ground and in the ether as a juxtaposition, the tumult that we're going through and what it all means and how you have been able to distill it. I want to start with a dream. This is in, in your article that you had back in 2020 in Kenny Bunkport, Maine, that Guys, when you hear the story, it's it's something that really kind of gave you a clue as to where we are today. Let's start with that, and then we'll kind of go from there. Tell us about that dream and how you distilled it. Sure. Well, being connected to these energies as I I have been <laughs> for uh, ever since I incarnated in, and um, you know, for people that may have not not heard my story, um, I remember my incarnation. I remember actually leaving source and remember incarnating in, being in my mother's womb. So when I had contact as a kid, it wasn't, uh, I was waiting for them. Like it wasn't something that I had fear around or, you know, anxiety. Um, and it wasn't an abduction, it was contact. Uh, so the reason why I share that is, um, I think sometimes I have a bit of a different perspective on this connection and most importantly, the evolution of the connection. I live, I've, I've lived my life. Like I call it like a fairly normal person, even though, you know, what I'm connected to other people would say is extraordinary, right. <laughs> or different or abnormal. Um, for me, I don't know different. So, um, I've always followed, um, these really strong pulses that I get in these intuitions. Um, you know, sometimes they can be really, really, uh, loud, and I was compelled to literally get in the car and drive uh, to the ocean, um, which, you know, for, for some of your listeners, Alexis, and I, I think maybe for you, <laughs> um, you know, we get pulled into uh, spaces and places geographically. And for whatever reason, you know, that is, it, it's, it's an isness. I have some ideas about that. But I literally got into the car and drove uh, two and a half, almost three hours away from where, where I live. And it was that strong. I didn't even tell my, um, he's now my husband. I didn't even tell my fiance until I got there. I said, I'm here. Really? And, um, yeah, no, really. It was that strong. And, you know, when you're going through these things, you're so in it that it's actually hard to take a, a step out of it to say what's happening, what's, what's going on. But what I did is I went to the ocean and this was in November of 2020. And I ended up just having this, um, this deep connection with nature, but it was really the ocean. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, um, you know, prior to starting the show, um, you know, the noise, like I, I had felt like there was a lot of kind of noise around where I was, and it was really hard to, to, to function. And that's why, you know, I ended up get, getting this pull to get into the car and, and drive to um, a place that's more peaceful. Um, 
and it happened to be the ocean. So I did a lot of walking, a lot of barefoot walking. And in November, you know, it could be a little cold, but I was doing it on the beach, got my feet in the water, sat at the, a rock and literally meditated with um, the sun setting over the ocean and then got, got myself a hotel room. <laughs> uh, a pretty nice hotel too, um, which was good. Um, you know, sometimes you do last minute things, you don't know what you're going to get. And you know, I, I said to my my partner, I said I, I'm I'm going to be here for the night. And um, you know, he asked if I was okay. I said, Yeah, I I just have this pull to be here, and I'm not sure why. So I ended up having just again a, a very connected space with nature, but really strong energy was coming through, and ended up taking a bath. And then that night, I had this. It's almost like this complete stillness that you that that is there as well. So it wasn't just the dream I'm trying to share that there was, you know, some big pull that was going on that obviously forced me to drive two and a half hours <laughs> or encouraged me to drive two and a half hours. And that night I had <clears throat> this dream where, um, as I woke up, I remember uh, seeing literally the earth ringing like a bell from, uh, the planets in the solar system, the, galaxy as well. There was something that set off the earth to ring like a bell. And <clears throat> I saw this and it really startled me. Um, it was almost as if someone was ringing a bell um, like in the universe saying it's time. The earth changes are, are happening and it's time. And it wasn't that, that clear to hear that, but that was the sense that I got that, um, you know, here it is November, 2020 life on planet earth is going to, to change and be very different. Here we are two, two years later and we can see those differences. But one of the really amazing things that happened is the, the dream really rifled through my body. Like I could feel it, it wasn't just um, you know, a faint memory that sometimes we have from a dream. Like this whole thing really rifled through my body. And I'm sitting here going, you know, ringing like a bell, like a bellstone, like a bellstone. The earth is being struck like a bellstone. And I'm thinking, where? What, what, where is that familiar, the term bellstone? And I used to live on the island of Kauai. And I remember um, that there was a relationship to a stone that rung like a bell. <laughs> so I contact a very close friend of mine. Um, she is, is very knowledgeable. Um, she's lived there for many, many years. And she lives on this uh, ancient sacred land. And I contacted her and I said, I just had this dream I'm not sure really entirely what it means. The term bellstone, do you, do, you, do you know what that means? And she says, Susan, that used to be what the um, Hawaiians would utilize to talk about that there was, you know, a warning, like that there, there was some type of preparation because there's a warning that, that you know, we need to pay attention to, to, to prepare and get ready. And no sooner did I put the phone down and the awning of the hotel room that I was in, the window, and this was, again, it was a pretty nice hotel. This thing just came crashing down. So it's the awning that sits um, above the window. You know, it's like the window frame, but it's the top. And, you know, that's some beautiful drapes that were there. But this thing just came barreling off the, 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 the hooks that it was on or the, the screws and it just crashed. And it was about 50 to 75 pounds. I mean, this thing was not light. It was super right. heavy. 
And at that moment, I immediately knew and understood what I will call subtle energy ripples into matter. That these, you know, again, again us contactees, we, we pay attention to, I'll call it cues and signals. Absolutely. And, you, and I've, yeah, and I've learned, you know, especially through, through some of the professional work that I've done is that, you know, you, you, you don't take every little sign and just, you know, you know, you, you, you attach such meaning to it. So you have to be patient. You have to use wisdom. You have to, you know, really cultivate a knowing around, you know, what's your own stuff versus what's really intuition and what's really, you know, coming through. So that to me signified, we are going to be experiencing some massive changes mm-hmm as it relates to energy moving into the physical plane of, of our reality. Like uh, where before maybe you had years that, you know, something would take place or, or maybe multiple years, but now there's a shorter time frame when that energy comes in mm-hmm. to how we're seeing it manifest in the physical. So that was my sign for myself that these changes are, are, are happening. And there is a warning because- right. If we don't do certain things probably differently, then we could end up on a, a very challenging side. Absolutely. Of- I just wanted, if I may, I, I don't know that you mentioned what month, if you recall, did you have the stream in 2020? November 2020. Okay. Yeah. So it was- things had started to unfurl, if you were, in terms of, uh, yes. you know, w- w- new reality, at least on the ground, we'd yes. be facing. But I think you're talking about more, we're getting to this juxtaposition of a, uh, uh, the physical world and the the cosmological changes, but I just wanted to get clarity on that. No, you're you're 100 right, and mm-hmm. very soon thereafter, we saw we we saw a lot of disruption yes. um, occur. And you know, there's there's more. I didn't put this in the article. I'll, I'll just be a bit nebulous on this. Certain things in our our climate, especially in the United States, that there was there was a game changer point that if certain things went in that direction, then we would see more cataclysmic um, uh, events occur. Mm -hmm. And that then tied into visions I had as a kid about the earth changes and geopolitics, to be honest with Mm -hmm. you. I'm not a political person. So, you know, um, that that's that's something I, I continually pay attention to. And I could just simply say, you know, whether we call it intuition or we call it, um, you know, a contacty experiential knowing, um, a lot of these things pan out. And uh, that's, that's where I pay attention to mm-hmm. that and that that track record of um, visions and intuitions panning out, you know, lead one to be um, now more verbal, because they can help you. Absolutely. They can help us where we are now. You made an excellent point, Susan, that I would take as a piece of advice uh, for those that can use it. And that is as whether you are consider yourself a contactee, uh, a sensitive, we have all these labels, right? But someone who is spiritually inclined and relatively attuned to, uh, it's really something that needs to be refined. It's not something like you said, every little thing that happens, every little nuance, and it's often very nuanced synchronicity to, you know, tear it apart and, and, and assign importance or a measure of importance to it. It really takes uh, discernment, obviously, to, to determine to the best of your ability what is a, a, a powerful, important message, messaging, 
versus something that, I mean, all things we could assign meaning to, but do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. I'm so glad that you illuminated that because a lot of people, every little thing, and again, we're talking about repeating numbers a lot. Every time we see 1111 et al, which I do feel has some significance. What does that mean? What does it mean? It's, it's a, it's a really, really um, refined discipline, I would say. And now more than ever, we need to commit to, to meeting that out, how that works, because we're getting a lot of messages. Absolutely. And I taught, uh, I did research around taught created curriculum on emotional intelligence. Mm. And that was so great because, and I did it for years and I did it with the people that actually originated the, the, um, the research around EI, um, they're they're at Yale, and you know one of those individuals became my my colleague, and we developed this curriculum. So I spent almost fifteen years really understanding emotion, and I kept saying to myself, "All right, so what is emotion and what is intuition?" And there's a difference; they're not the same. <laughs> and, and, and they can I, work together, I think. They can work in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. They work together. So you have, you know, emotion, you have mood, you have intuition, you have um, maybe visions as a child. So there's a knowing there. And again, you release attachment to that. You also have um, these interferences, you know, Mm -hmm. a man-made, you know, whether we call it AI, 5G, um, scalar technology, but you have these interferences and you also have the sun and there's nuances of the sun. So when you start to, to break things down a little bit more, it creates, a, I believe, you know, just a, a, maybe a bit more sophisticated discernment, mm-hmm. which you know, I think, you know, this is something that we're all trying to, we're trying to understand what is it that we're feeling? What's the significance of it? What am I here to do? Uh, what's going to be the best use of, of my time? How do I love? How do I be happy? I mean, they all play, you know, a factor in these, these variables that are affecting us. If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. You mentioned emotional intelligence, and that is a term that I have heard. I think when you and I first spoke, and you had mentioned that you were doing a lot of work in that area, I brought mm-hmm. up Howard Martin and the work of HeartMath, who I believe is also a colleague of yours in uh, evolutionary leaders. Um, but I'll be frank, I didn't really know in terms of the mechanics of what that is. You talk, you use it as a term uh, mm-hmm. to describe a thing, uh, but it's got a lot of different layers. And one of the layers that you mentioned, I believe, it, there, there's several substacks, y'all. I, I read a couple of them yesterday, and I can't remember if it was the first or second one on the solar uh, mm. uh, geomagnetic energies mm-hmm. having to do with emotional hijack. Yes. Talk about that it, within the context of emotional intelligence. Yeah, well, this was, you know, I, hey, let's put it this way. If you experience it yourself, <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, okay, I think I can, I can maybe understand this. And you experience it repeatedly and you say, okay, you know, maybe there's something to that, you know, so here's where, where I'll call it my world of um, 
you know, the experiences, um, my, my day-to-day work um, that I was doing at the time when I was doing a lot of work in emotional intelligence. And then you've got, you know, the, the solar energies and really understanding again, what's what. So what I'll probably go back to is I received in, I, I can't really remember the year, maybe 2000, somewhere between 2007 and 2009, I woke up with the term electromagnetic neurogenetic, and I was writing on a blog at the time. And so I immediately ran to the computer, I put it in there, and I I think I have an understanding of what this term generally means. And what I understood back then is we're going to experience a greater level of solar activity. And in that solar activity, you're you're going to have cosmic rays and you're also going to have, um, regardless of solar activity, you're going to have these, these deep cosmic rays from space. And it's going to trigger activity in, it's like an awakening of people's call it their, um, their, their, you know, lifelong, not just this life, but other lives that they've lived like a, like a kickstart of that DNA memory. And if they are not aware and understanding what's going on with them, um, there's a good chance they may feel like they're losing it. Now, for those of us that are, you know, in spiritual communities or in consciousness awakening or even paranormal, we we have a bit of a place for this to say, yeah, okay, past life information um, or past life lived or um, extraterrestrial, interdimensional, you know, we have a bit of a place to put this, but if people don't have even a small space in place to put this, they literally may feel like they're losing it, right? Because you're going to, you're going to get a high charge of energy. You're going to have thoughts come into your head that you may say, these are not my thoughts. Um, And, you know, that becomes hard to uh, delineate because Mm -hmm. you've got, you know, sometimes scalar technology interference, right? So, not having a place to put this can make people feel like they're losing it. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Yeah. No, I have journeyers, you know, from the last show and from uh, even earlier. Thank you so much for having this conversation. Now I know I am not literally losing it or I'm not going insane. So yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. right. We have to put this in context to the best of our ability. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got a couple other little layers going on here that it's super important to be mindful mm-hmm. that with the 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 higher level of, of geomagnetic and solar activity can come aggression. So this has been recorded. It's on that Substack article. Yes. Um, and it was like a, a terrorism database, you know, that they use. But it's it's in the literature as well that when we get these states, um, those are some of the things that can happen. Of obviously, conversely, you can get all of the other good stuff. And, you know, I, I published a, um, a chapter on that in the Beyond UFOs book about mm-hmm. the, the, you know, I'll call it the benevolent abilities, <laughs> the flip side of it that can come. Absolutely. Um, but, and this one, what's really, you know, from the contactee perspective, but also from kind of like a basic, hey, look at the world face validity perspective, you see so much aggression on TV, you're seeing it, um, you know, if you just even go on Twitter or sometimes, you know, like TikTok and things like that, only because I have a child. So, you know, they're into TikTok. I'm not I, <laughs> but you're, you're just seeing this aggression. Right. And it's like, so in, in the article, I'm just asking the question. 
So did the powers that be know that and that's why you're getting these constant images of people beating up elderly people and, and someone of a different, you know, race and culture or belief system? Like, is this why those images are constantly being stoked? Are they constantly trying to create the fight? Because they know that the, the I'll call it that the, um, you know, that the the smoke and the, the, the sticks are primed to start the fire. And, you know, my opinion is or statement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have my opinion, but you, you then ask yourself, okay, so hold on a second. And and how many people feel better when they're not on social media, you know, every single day? Well, why? Because, you know, what are really your thoughts and what are really your emotions versus what's being, you know, continually triggered. And it becomes hard, even with me, with all of the years of EI work that I've done, it becomes hard to make those delineations Mm -hmm. of, oh my God, this thing just popped up on my screen and it, it's of an animal getting killed it, or, you know, where did that even come from? Mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice on really looking at that. That just popped up on my screen. And then, you know, you can become impacted and affected. Yeah. You ask a lot of big questions, Susan. And again, I, I, I was being not really facetious, but asking the question, should we make it a question or is there ample evidence to show? And you guys know what we're talking about. Is there ample evidence to show that this was a, a, was a plan? Um, there's so many, when it comes to the solar activity in particular, I want to even cite, uh, an, um, a paper that you included in your second, I say second article, second one that I read on, uh, the solar activity, uh, a phenomenon, uh, I, I don't know the name of the paper, but they mentioned the term geopsychology mm-hmm. as it relates to the, the thinning of the magnetosphere. We know right. that the 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 uh, the magnetic field is diminishing, if you right. will, yeah. and so with less protection, uh, you know, with the between us and everything else out there, we're getting hit along with all these other things, these other technologies, with so much energy that, according to their data, is definitely adding to the influx of of uh, uh, what do I want to say? Aggression. That's the term mm-hmm. that they use of aggression. They they were looking at actual terrorist attacks in that regard, but in all ways, you know, whether right. it's small or large, but just this, it seems that aggression and hatred and division has yeah. become the order of the day. Almost like it's a, almost like we're getting a dopamine hit from some of these acts of which we may very well. And I say we, not obviously not all of us are aggressive beings, but seeing it so ubiquitous now, you have to wonder And again, do the powers that be understand the dynamic from a solar perspective? Hence the reason why they're doubling down on giving us the images, knowing what's going on in the environment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and, (laughs) and here's the, the thing, knowledge and education can help us tremendously to not feel so terrible about ourselves if we're feeling some if we are feeling hatred if we are feeling anger right like if we could understand that hey this might not be totally ours so to speak Mm -hmm. but we're we're owning it as if as if you know it it is so i think that's why the edge that's why i'm writing this because it's like well gosh the amount of people that i i mean a family and friends you know that that feel terrible and it's Mm -hmm. like hold on a second, you know, what, what is it, what is triggering this and what is going on? And, you know, when there's days that um, the activity, let's say the KP, which is what we've had in the last 24 hours is super high. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's the, the, the um, well, it's, it's, yes, it's the activity that's really hitting the earth and how it's registering. Like, you know, I do my best to give people flags and say, hey, you know, just take it easy today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't, you know, if you're not feeling so, um, so positive, be careful with your spouse, be careful with your kids, you know, be careful with what's going on around you. Uh, solar activity, Schumann resonance. Mm-hmm. I've been meaning to ask, and I think I'll ask on air. I need to find a good resource where we can, I mean, you see a lot of um, sort of Schumann resonance, folks that follow the Schumann resonance will put up yep. graphics, but they really, they're out of context. We can't really tell what's high. There used to be a website that would give you the, uh, um, the metrics, the numbers in terms of how they're spiking, you know, 7.83 being baseline once upon a time. Now it's off the charts, supposedly. But do you know of any place that we can go to really follow it by the numbers versus just the images to to show that it's really, really high or low or normal? Right. There's somebody that um, I've followed on uh, Twitter recently, uh, and it's, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's like Schumann Resonance Resonator, if I'm I'm not mistaken. And what they do is they just put the pictures up, but they pretty much do it every hour. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the KP where you have to wait like three hours after an event um, to see how it registered because the KP is updated every three hours. And it's not like, you know, these, these like Soho and things like that. This is, I just found that this works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have yet to find, uh, and maybe because it needs to be created, <laughs> um, a mm-hmm. good explanation of the Schumann and what it means in terms of human uh, cognition and health. Now, from one that I saw recently, but there was no, you know, resources to it. There's no research on it. it. Was obviously somebody just giving, you know, their their thoughts or the their ideas. But they showed about how it's related to brainwave states, like you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Your, that would be great. Theta, yeah, alpha, um, you know, um, theta, delta, and gamma states. And I thought that that actually made a little bit of sense <clears throat> to me more than anything else. Uh, and then it showed the, the colors and what the colors represented in terms of what that may mean for for us. Like white is, you know, off the chart, um, um, you know, light codes coming in and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, I, I, I follow it with a, a grain of salt because it helps me tremendously as it relates to knowing the difference between solar activity. If I can just go in a little bit deep here, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Go deep okay. girl. Because it, you're asking a great question and I have in some, one of your viewers may be able to, to share, you know, that Schumann information because I've just have yet to find, I've looked for years by the way. <laughs> so I'm like, somebody's probably got this and I just, I haven't found it yet. Um, but I think, you know, it's one of those differences. So some of us, and I think this part is super helpful and super important. And I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be really forthright and, and share something. I started tracking the sun 20 years ago because I could feel the sun pop in real time, but there was nothing that would substantiate and show that. And I ended up paying attention this guy, his name is Ben Davidson. Your um, viewers may know him. He was of uh, suspicious observers. He's been doing work on, um, you know, the sun and these changes on planet earth, but he, you know, does it from a a scientific uh, standpoint. So 
because I could feel the sun go off in real time. I didn't understand what was going on with me. And then I would get all this information that would come in. So to me, you know, the, the contact information, okay, that's one thing. Um, but then you've got the solar, I'll call it, you know, solar intelligence that's coming in and, and stimulating us. And each, each of these pops are very different um, with what they bring to it. Um, and you've got certain sunspots that, that face the earth. And it's like, it's almost like a whole different pages turned for, for information as those sunspots are, are going off and, and as they hit the earth, as some, some of them do, not all do. But that's when I started to really pay attention to it. But what happened in the last two years is I was getting, uh, feeling, you know, out of body, uh, feeling different, and I couldn't figure out what it was. I'm like, it's not the sun. So what is it? And then I looked at the Schumann and the Schumann was in alignment uh, every single time I was feeling something. And it was a nuance and very different than, than the solar activity. So you know, I share that because um, we've got more going on than just the sun <laughs> uh, and Absolutely. important to know that. And yeah. maybe last little pieces, I don't get, I, I wouldn't, I would take what comes from mainstream media about the solar activity and what's going on in these big, they're, they're wrong. I mean, I've never seen them be totally right when they predict these solar storms. So there's, there's other good places that people can go to get accurate information mm-hmm. um, because it's just, it's it's old. I've never seen them even be you know accurate once with the, what they predicted. Um, so, anyways, that's that's my yeah two cents on that. Well, in in as we do this juxtaposition in a, in a number of ways, what I what we've talked about a lot on the show is the physical symptoms that uh, are accompanying these times. How, what to attribute them to? That is the trillion dollar question and but but what we're inferring here and in several conversations we've had is that there may be a relationship between the solar activity and the physical some of the physical symptoms that we're going by and so as i think i had said to you for me that you're buzzing in vertigo or, or dizziness it's not really exactly the same thing more a little bit more dizziness associated with the ear buzzing and my trying to uh make a correlation between the buzzing, the, the symptoms and solar activity. And so maybe, you know, as we go about, you know, this new world sort of refining our talents as spiritually aligned, consciously awakened individuals using our body or utilizing our body to really read what's going on in the cosmos, if there's a connection, which apparently there is. And so to hell with the mainstream, <laughs> to hell with any of it. Let's let's try to, I, I've actually made a practice of that, by the way, not just with solar activity, but even mercury retrograde. <laughs> I don't even want to bring it up and I don't want to know. I, I've been afraid to look at when it's going to, the next one anyway. Um, but being more um, attuned to not only Gaia, but the larger cosmos and what is happening. And I believe that we're wired to do that. We can do that. And it's kind of fun to do too, because when you start to notice something kind of out of sync or alignment with yourself, then you can go and see, okay, what's going on that might connect these dots? Do you know what I mean? I yeah. Think- and that's the, you know, we talk about the, the you know, divine intelligence. Well, there's the that's- divine intelligence in these massive celestial bodies and in, in the moon as well. Yeah. Oh, um, oh boy. Yeah. Right. I mean, the new moon. 
it's like, oh God, you know, I just went through something. You're like, wait, it's new moon. Or, you know, it's like the lead up to the new moon. And, you know, you, again, you start to track these things and you, you realize I, it, it seems that these celestial intelligences, these celestial bodies with that waning magnetosphere. And, you know, you touched on that, um, the waning magnetosphere, I, 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 it, kind of equate this to almost like, you know, before a woman's water breaks, before she has a child, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's um, in the process of, of not being needed anymore. And so, you know, for the baby to come out and it seems to me that that with that waning magnetosphere, you have less interference um, of that protection, but at the same time it becomes more intense, right? It's like even in, you know, contact experiences with ships and with beings, it is a, a large charge, the central nervous system in the physical body to be able to handle that. And my sense is that's what a lot of this preparation has been about with, um, you know, people that are contactees is, is preparing and knowing how to operate with the life on planet earth, with the energies that they are going to be. And, um, heck that information just moves, you know, at faster than the speed of light. Um, oh, yes. Right. For sure. know, I, yeah. I kept saying to myself, I said, how is it that I can feel the sun when it goes off? What the heck is that? Right. I mean, and, and, and now I just don't question it anymore. It's like, it's just an isness of being here. And if other people aren't feeling it right now, they will, you know, like, it, and maybe some won't. That's the other thing. Look, we're all yeah. wired differently for yeah, whatever yeah, reason. Are. Absolutely. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, you know, at taking a little bit of a risk, we, we know there are only certain things that we can discuss uh, in this venue, as I always say, but I, I really urge you guys to go to the uh, a lifelong contactee's perspective on current affairs substack that Susan did, because here's where we get this great juxtaposition where she is talking about some of the madness. We'll just keep it very homogenized. Some of the madness going on, the power play, the control that's happening, that has been happening through uh, uh, several different means that they have chosen to use in the last, well, a lot longer than going on three years, but it's certainly intensified. The juxtaposition is between that, some have called it the reset, and with the awakening. Both of them have great in front of them. There is what I call a paradox that's happening here, the paradoxical aspect of reality that I think we're seeing play out right now, reset or awakening. And it's no accident. I don't want to ask a leading question, but I guess I'm doing it anyway. No accident that, is it not an accident that these things are coexisting at the same time? And if they are, what are we to take from it, Susan? Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to lay it on the line. Let's yeah. go there. <laughs> yeah, because it appears as if it's a great juxtaposition, right? Like yes. the dark, right? These, these, you know, really intense energies that go on. And then you're just seeing um, what, I, I, I've written about, I've included this in there about Kali Yuga, right? It's like the end of time. So what is the end of times? Well, you know, fractured families, um, fractured bodies, fractured, um, you know, environment, uh, how we eat, how we interact, um, just the, the, you know, we call it the dumbing down of society. Well, it's not just dumbing down. It's an act of, of, um, 
that the the the, the lowest consciousness is what gets the the, the greatest attention. Um, and so you've got you've got Kali Yuga, you know, which is really it's like how how is growth supposed to happen if we haven't exhausted that peace within ourselves, right? Um, and and make a choice to do something different. It's like um, with <laughs> with what's happened in the last two years, the fear. There's going to be a point where people are just done with fear. There's a point that they just say, "I'm done with this. Um, I don't like my adrenal glands being so jacked up." Um, that, you know, I'm now numb or I can't, my body can't handle being in this state. Like there's a point where people say enough. And, you know, to me, the the juxtaposition is a fed upness with um, the way that life is seemingly collectively operating on planet earth and being able to make another decision and actually in actively choosing to make that other decision to love yourself to love other people around you to evolve and to educate yourself on um you know things that are going on in the world because i i i don't you know we live in an information age as well like it's hard not to see what's going on in another country right now even if you don't want to look at it it's like you know certain things are just in your face and you know to me that juxtaposition it's being fueled so much by these energies and this change that we're experiencing on the planet, which I hate to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's just part of the way it is. And if we didn't, right, if we didn't have it, then we wouldn't be able to make these choices. Or being given the opportunity to. I I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to be an objective journalist in this regard. I'm going to just go on the record and say I absolutely agree. I've always said, Susan, particularly since the beginning of all this madness, mm-hmm. universe is still in charge and universe can have a heck of a way of teaching a lesson. It would be horrible to think that universe, that being source, that being what we think of as I, I, I sort of use universe, source and God interchangeably. Yeah. And I want to be careful with labels, but the omnipotent source. Yes hard to fathom that that source may have set all of this up because that was, this is our only chance to be in, as you say, the fed upness of it all. Yeah. I ponder that. I'm not saying definitively, this is God set all this up. That's not what I'm saying. And yet omnipotence is omnipotence. Uh, if God is all, well, everything that happens in our reality and beyond is of God at some level. I know I may get some a little bit of hate mail for saying that, but I, I ask the yeah. question, is this, have we gotten to the point where it would have to get very, very painful in order to get through? Let me read a quote from, from you in your, uh, your article. I keep referring to it as first article or second article, both great. A section called Evolution in the Greater Cosmic Community, where you say, being a lifelong contactee has meant a few things. Pay attention to the deeper intuition when it rises. Stay in the heart. Help as many people evolve through these times as possible. Stay present within ourselves and practice non-attachment with all of it. For each human being has free will, and it is critical to honor that free will. Now, this to me was powerful. Moving through these times is akin to rising up through the density of fear ignorance, aggression, and self-loathing to a higher, more refined, subtle level of awareness, connection, ease, joy, and pursuing creative ways of how we navigate the future. 
together. Comment on that if you would. I love that. Um, I that that sentence or those sentences arose from a tremendous amount of uh, hardship. <laughs> those are not words that are just words. Those are from experiences of pulling myself up and out, watching other people who couldn't, who decided to take their life. In mm. feeling, being so empathic and feeling when they did um, in real time. Um, and also realizing that each person, and really genuinely respecting that each person does have their own journey and for us to not have an attachment to that. And I guess that's, you know, all the sages will talk about non-attachment and there's a wisdom in that because some of us, you know, we, we maybe all of us, I don't know, can't do the work we're here to do if we have attachment to how those outcomes are supposed to go. I mean, even the visions I've had as a kid, I, I learned to not have an attachment and to just take note of it as opposed to say, oh, this is going to happen. When something manifests in, in reality or it starts to get close to what that vision looks like, then I'll say something. Um, but I've learned that there is free will on this planet and people can do what they want to do. Um, even though there's some that refuse to acknowledge the free will or say, quote, it's over. Y'all know who I'm talking about? I'm not mentioning <laughs> names. Yeah. Don't listen. I know you're not. Free will is birthright, but yeah. we've got to claim it. Absolutely. And I believe, I mean, you know, again, I remember coming from source. I remember that whole journey uh, from there to being in my um, actually corner, the energy in the corner of my parents' bedroom and being in the womb. And there was just this knowing that the choices that we have here are free, but they don't appear to be. And it's almost as if to try to, um, help people remember that, to remember that they have that choice and to remember that they have a choice to love themselves and to be healthy and to be um, in an alignment of joy. And like that just seems to be over generations and lifetimes forgotten. And, um, you know, to to spark that knowing and that remembrance. And if, if that gets sparked, then you know, and people can make those choices. Absolutely. Well, it goes back to what we said a few moments ago, Susan, that as hard as it is to accept, if it is through this tumult, that is going to, to show us the, the opposite. If you don't choose to act on your free will, here's what the consequences are. Here's, here's that other choice. Yeah. In other words, through this activity is probably the most pronounced way of offering people the choice to be free right? and to understand the power of that freedom and the power of that choice to be free, to be sovereign. Right. And in that, in that freedom of that choice and doing that repeatedly, then you can really become a creator. You can yeah. really become a co-creator. I don't think you get to the, that co-creation that, you know, legit, genuine co-creation. If you don't realize that you have that choice and that's right. 
I always remember Dolores Cannon. I, I ended up meeting her and I, I did her, um, her, her sessions. Uh, and I did some quantum healing hypnosis for years for just really friends and family. And, you know, one of the things that she said that really, really stuck with me, and I have to I remind myself when I get that attachment that I'm reminded of this, we come to earth to learn how to influence and manage energy. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know what, that that relates to both the ETs, <laughs> interdimensional beings. It relates to a whole host of, of, of life in general, right? And so, you know, if we look at Earth being a school um, that we graduate from or, you know, we, we, we move along, um, then what a heck of a school we've what got here school. at a heck of a time, right? Yeah. I'm reminded of a quote that I haven't used for a while. So I think I've earned a little, uh, I, I've earned the right to mention it again since it's been a while. Tom Campbell, the physicist who, whose work I love, who once said, this planet is an entropy reduction trainer for souls. Is that not perfect as a justification to why it has to be so mad? Yeah. I don't know that it is, but it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. We are in an entropy reduction trainer for souls. And boy, are we getting some heart training right now. Mm -hmm. Listen, let's spend the balance of our time. And you know where we're going? We're going to the Patreon after show. Actually, let me stop for a minute. Let me give this a plug because we're going to we're gonna take this, not just this conversation deeper over on the after show, guys. We're going to talk about more on the contactee side uh, of Susan's journey and something that happened to her while in school, I believe, I don't know how much I want to spill the beans, but Susan, Susan was taken from school directly related to her contact encounters. There's certain words I don't want to use, but you, you need to come on over to, to the after show if, uh, and, and join up Patreon if, if you haven't already uh, to, to listen to this conversation, because I think it's going to be important. So, uh, so I think it's actually fitting that we go a little bit into your contact encounters, maybe for about five or so minutes, take it on over to Patreon after uh, this main show. And uh, yeah, take it a little deeper and make that connection. Do it in five minutes, if you could, please. Kind of kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being a little funny. Talk a little bit about that. You are a lifelong experiencer and you kind of peppered that throughout this conversation, but yeah. can you give us a little bit more of a flavor of what your experiences were like? Sure. Uh, again, I, I always say this because this is just so important. I was born like this. So my consciousness did not get interrupted <laughs> from, you know, pre-birth, uh, preconception. So I've had to watch a lot around me. I was the youngest of five in my family, thank God, because I get to see what my, you know, my brothers and my sister, uh, you know, would do. And it was kind of like, okay, so you say this, but you don't say that. So you do this, but you don't do that. So it was almost like always trying to, I can't say fit in. It wasn't doing that because that would be super painful, but it was more or less adapting enough to move through life and be functional in the world uh, and still hold on to my truths. So, um, you know, that's, that piece is important because, you know, most people always want to know, well, what do the beings look like? What are the ship? What do they give you for information? All of that. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, um, it's, it's like a, it's like a spectrum of light. So here, I'm the opposite. <laughs> here. So here is where um, my 
what I call the ultimate subtle realm, which is the connection to source before incarnating in. And then over here is, you know, me being in this physical body now, right? Like it's dense and I can feel my body and I'm on a chair and there's rocks outside. I mean, you know, there, there's density here, right? Um, and so it's almost like it's just this continuum for me. It doesn't feel like this is over here and that's over there. It doesn't feel like that. The only time it's ever felt like that is when I'm disconnected or when I feel anger or when I feel sadness or deep negativity, then I sometimes don't feel that that light so much. And so I've had to really pay attention and, and watch that piece. Um, so, you know, there, that's one of the things, again, to keep in mind. Um, I, when I was five is probably my first conscious memory of, of seeing the beings. Um, but I was waiting for them. <laughs> I'm sure they probably came earlier, but that's like my first conscious memory of them. And they came in, uh, a, I could feel them before they came. Um, I woke up, I was sleeping in uh, a lower bunk bed and I felt my body become super stimulated. Um, like every cell of my body was electric and magnetically charged. And I could just feel them coming in and lo and behold, they were right in front of the window um, ab above a tree that was in our backyard. And my sister, who was sleeping on the upper bunk, went right to the window and said, oh, my God, Susie, you know, what is it? <laughs> she saw them, too. She saw oh, them. yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, saw, she yeah. saw them, too. Her reaction was so you have these these l moments of learning. Her reaction was, oh, my God, what is it? And then she was an older sister by, by about 10 years. So wanting to be protective of me. And I'm like, get out of the way. I know it. they're my people. <laughs> you know, it's like, really? so that, so yours was not one of eek, which most, some, no. some of the best of our uh, experiencer colleagues uh, have admitted there's extraordinary fear. You well, because you talk about your pre-incarnate right. memories of connection with these beings. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so for me, it was, I know, who, what that is, because I'm it as well. You know, like I'm that, they are me, I'm them. We share this, this you know, this um, connection. And it's just mm -hmm. as simple as that. And, and, oh, hey, finally on this physical reality, they're here so I can connect it into with what I experienced in my precon preconception, you know, the, the incarnation piece. So it's um so it it was a connecting point of of I'm in this physical body as a five year old feeling this and oh this feels funky as a five year old I didn't have the physical body before I incarnated in when I had the relationship with these beings and the beings that I connected to were um they were like golden light when they moved they illuminated in this golden light and they moved in a sacred geometric pattern. And somehow I was with them and still uh, in my in my house at the same time. So I have these like, you know, the, the bilocation piece and it's always mm -hmm. done a bit of a number on my, my mind, but I just, again, try to have like non-attachment with it. But they've been with me throughout my life and they've changed um, <laughs> what was with me when I was younger uh, is different as I was older and I worked with Dr. Rudy Shield, who um, yes. is someone I believe that we both know uh, on the, the astrophysics, because I got a lot of, um, they weren't downloads, they were ex information exchanges and taken places. 
um, and shown what's going on as it relates to the real bigger picture of um, you know life in the universe and, and why Earth is going through what it's going through right now. But we can save for a later time. Um, but it's been I, I, the last thing I'll say about this, Alexis. Has been it's been really an entrainment, believe it or not, of love. <laughs> it's been an entrainment of love and I can give you an example, but I don't know if you want to wait for that for Patreon or keep it going here. We are going to move over to Patreon, but I think what we're going to do, because this is kind of a, this is a cliffhanger conversation that I don't think can end here. We just started this aspect of the conversation. I think this would warrant a part two. What do you think journeyers? Let us know. That is if Susan will allow us to have her back. Uh, would you come back for a part two? Yeah, I didn't and, think I would And really sure. just focus on, I, I really, I know because we have such a, a large part of our audience that is many of them experiencers themselves and are trying to understand all of the multifacets mm -hmm. to the still enigmatic uh, phenomenon that I believe is plaguing a lot, not plaguing, I, I take that back, that is a part of so many more people's lives than they even realize. You know, since I've relocated, Susan, uh, I am in North Carolina temporarily. I've talked to so many individuals who are uh, learning of my work and are really excited because they've never been able to talk to anyone about this before. Mm -hmm. but lo and behold, right. the experiencers are everywhere. We're trying to keep this conversation fluid, current. It's ever-evolving. And uh, in that regard, I would love to have you back to really just focus on that. None of these things can be discussed in a vacuum because it's all connected. And yet I know that there's a whole trajectory to your story, some of which you may not want to share, uh, much of which I think maybe you would. So if you would come back, that would be great. Sure. What, whatever we feel is relevant <laughs> and helpful. I think yeah, that's and helpful. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's taking me a while to get to that point to really you know, dig deep, because I would talk about things at a surface level, just because I thought, okay, well, that's probably just acceptable to people. But now, you know, it feels like it's it's time to be able to share more deep. It's time. Absolutely. And we're so delighted that you have had that epiphany and that you're sharing with us. So Susan Manowich, what a pleasure, my dear. Let's talk about your latest book, Hidden Energy, Tesla-Inspired Inventors and a Mindful Path to Energy Abundance that you co-authored with Gene Manning. When did that book come out? Uh, it came out in 2019. It was oh, September so of 2019. Okay, great. Great. Yeah. So give, us a little, give us a quick thumbnail on that and we'll make sure to have a link for that as well. Okay. So I have a, I have a picture of it. Um, okay. We'll put a screenshot up as well. Yeah. So there's the, there's the book. And so basically, so to make the connection point to your audience, um, I also have memories of working on these uh I'll call them sacred technologies and maybe a, a different lifetime. And uh, I had just always known that I was going to work on these. Um, and lo and behold, I had communication and contact uh, that led me to Hawaii to actually work with a group that was doing unified physics out there. And it didn't stop there. Um, I knew my job was to actually find a way to bring in what I would call like more the moral and ethical interpersonal yin aspect um, into these technologies, because everything I knew about my contact um, was, this is a, 
a different life force than what we're accustomed to, you know, in our reality. And so the book actually gets into the stories about the inventors and how they're inspired. And many have uh, their own connections and many have connections to nature as well. So it's, it's designed for um, people to be able to read this that are not engineers, for women to be able to read it. I mean, it's written by two females, which, you know, is a rarity in new energy technology as it is. <laughs> Yeah. So, and they're, they're very good stories and it's rated well on Amazon. Um, I think it's got like, you know, four and a half out of five stars. So That's it's got cool. really good reviews. Um, and to me, you know, when we look at some of the energy issues that we're having on our planet, um, this is a very viable and possible solution. And it does appear that our consciousness is, is very much connected to understanding how these technologies may move, work and operate. Yet another conversation, guys. This is a big part of this is a big part of what we're going through right now in terms of making that choice, really swimming in the sea of free will. It's going to be about how what kind of world do we want to create? How are we going going to live in it? And most importantly, how will we be responsible as opposed to others in order to have the world that we desire, which includes things like what we're talking about right here in this book. Go get the book, guys. I'll make sure to have a link for you. Listen, we're going to go on over to Patreon for the after show. Uh, gosh, there's so much more that we didn't get to in this episode and yet a lot to kind of chew on. So as always, juniors, please weigh in. You leave some amazing comments. We, the comments, Susan, that we got from our last show and, and more um, kind of a wink and a nod uh, to uh, all that's going on and so many that can relate. So I'm so glad that uh, our conversations have been helpful for you, but we want you to weigh in as well. Your, conversa your co conversation, really, but comments are very valuable to us. So uh, thank you and keep it coming. All right. I think we got it covered. We're going to next door, going to Patreon and uh, Susan. Oh, and, and go to Susan's Substack. I'll have a link to the Substack. In fact, I think what I'm going to do, if I may, well, you've got to give us very quickly, what is the title of your Substack? It's IET Evolve. Um, and that's IET been, Evolve. yeah, I had a blog, IET, and that got wiped off by Google in um, 2017. That's an interesting story in and of itself. That's yeah. part of the article. Yeah. Oh. And right. you know what? Substack is a sensor. Sensitive is here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, go on over there. Okay. We can say things. <laughs> listen guys we will talk to you later we thank you we love you juniors i love y'all you know how i feel about you and uh, until next time we'll talk to you real soon thank you susan thank you alexis bye-bye